And welcome to Versus Player, the podcast about games, life, and everything in between. It's Jace here filling in. Jono is on a secret mission, but I do have with me... Joe, still here. Hooray! Still here. <laughs> still, still here, still kicking. Love it. That's it. Um, not going to be a super-duper long one this week because we, we miss Jono and we, uh, we don't want to go on for too long. Um, but we've, uh, we've got a couple of stories in gaming for everybody. Um, Joe's got quite a few tales for us, but I am going to quickly come in with a bit of news. Uh, each week, we, uh, I, I, I mentioned something about my Xbox saga, my Xbox Series X slash S saga. Uh, some weeks I'm happy, some weeks I'm excited, some weeks I'm sad. This week, I'm... I don't know what I am. I think I'm uh, I'm pleasantly surprised. Cautiously optimistic. This week Ooh. I'm cautiously optimistic. Ooh. So 30 minutes ago, Joe, I get a text message from EB Games. Um, I pick up my phone and read it, but I have to unlock it and take too long. Basically, it said something along the lines of, we've got some good news for you. Um, you should check your email. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And so I go in and it goes, congratulations. Um, you have been moved to the launch week batch for the Xbox Series S. Now, for those of you who have all listened in the the previous weeks, they'll know that I um, have an Xbox Series X with JB Hi-Fi, which is not going to be a launch stock, and I I was surprised because I got in quite early, and an Xbox Series S uh, as a way of basically being able to trade in my um, Xbox One X uh, to, to be able to, you know, um, get a little bit, you get, you get basically $420 worth of trading. So I'm essentially paying $80 for this Xbox Series S, um, which is good value, I think, for a, a next-gen console. Now, I'm a little bit disappointed because it's not the best one, but I realized that the S is actually better than the One X. Yep. And I, when I, I will get to play, like, um, uh, what's it called? Cyberpunk. I'll get to play Cyberpunk next-gen on release day. I wasn't even intending on keeping this console. I don't know what I was going to do with it, um, but... I think I'm going to use it. Absolutely, yeah. And and, and it's funny, Jace. So you said to me, hey, Joe, did you get a message from EB Games? And I have ignored your messages about have I got a message because I was waiting for the podcast to tell you that I too got an email from EB and I am getting an Xbox Series X on launch day at EB Games. I am just like, and the funniest part is in the email, it says, I'm going to read this part. Um, it says, yeah, has been moved to, to our launch day shipment. And then at that point, I was like cheering. My kids are like, what's going on, Dad? And I told them. And then the next part of the sentence is, go ahead. You can squeal with excitement now. And they were absolutely right because I was squealing with excitement. And I'm not going to be playing Cyberpunk on this thing. I'm going to be playing Tetris Effect <laughs> day one. But um, That's look, amazing. I, I'm so – and I got a message from Steve who – I've told you, um, everyone on the podcast a couple of weeks back about our ordeal there, and I'm just so shocked because I was completely fine with waiting for Christmas because, like I said, I'm happy with my PC and there's nothing coming, but I'm so much more excited now um, because it's going to be soon, 10th of November. It's like so soon, Jace. It's less um, than a month, man. Less um, than a that's month. That's crazy. So what's happened then? Like. I, I should have went for the Xbox um, Series X when you did on EB, yeah. but I was just like, I, I mean, so, so many people were negative about EB at that particular time of the day. You know, people on Twitter, the Twitter was blowing up. Everyone was angry. So something's happened where they've managed to be able to get additional stock, post-launch stock, or, or fill in those numbers. I don't get it. But that means, am I going to get a message from JB saying the same thing? 
Probably not. I hope so. Fingers crossed, man. But I, if I were you, I would be calling JB and asking, hey, what's going on? Because I know people who have done the same at EB and now this is they're, they're getting their stock on time and they've ordered it, you know, after I've ordered it because, yeah, I was not expecting this. And, I, I'm, you know, it's just kind of bonus. But the funny thing about all of this pre-order business with Xbox is I'm, I've been reading online in the past week. They're saying something like, and I'm, I'm not sure, like, the, the the actual numbers here, but the vast majority of pre-orders are with the PlayStation, but you can't get either of them. And so they're all, based, like, from my understanding, with, at least in Australia, all the Xbox Series Xs and all the PlayStation 5s launch day have completely sold out. So how there can be more PlayStations unless PlayStation are just having more, like, quantity on day one. I wonder how that's going to kind of be. But I wonder if they're also if there's going to be on day launch day for both of these consoles, if there are going to be some stores that are just going to have some on the shelf. I'm getting the vibe no. And what I think has actually happened here is that in Australia, EB have scored a majority of the stock with Telstra scoring the other part of it uh, because Telstra have that that all access deal or whatever yep. they call it. Um, and it, it really seems to me like there are very few people that scored JB Hi-Fi day one stock. And then, you know, you've got to consider your other retailers like your Harvey Normans and your good guys and things. The only other store I can think of maybe would be the Microsoft Store Direct because, you know, they've got to source straight to Bill Gates. But, like, I just, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm excited to have one of these consoles. I don't think I'm going to have an X on day one. Um, I, I've, I don't know how I feel. Like, I don't know if I've made a stupid decision to have two consoles. Uh I think I think the trading deal it's it's got to be a no-brainer, man. If that's the only way you can get into the Xbox family through EB Games, you know, like you said, paying eighty dollars for an upgrade, I'll give you one of my broken controllers if you require a controller as part of the trading deal. You, you, you're you're coming out you're coming out square basically. Yeah, I guess you're and right. We are, we are not sponsored by any of these people in any way, shape, or form. Um, you know, as, as you've heard in previous weeks, where we've bagged on all of them and been positive about all of them. So um, we'll just see. And look, this email is very much bottom line. You are getting it day one. So if it goes the other way now, you'll be hearing about it here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, yeah. Look, I, I hope to hear something from JV. But anyway. Um, what about on the games front, man? I, I I haven't played a lot myself. And just to, I know I'm asking you the question, but just very quickly, I very briefly got back into No Man's Sky. Uh, you so give me the moniker, the moniker Space Jace. Um, and, and I'm enjoying it again, which is excellent. There's, there's been a lot of good free content. Um, but apart from that, I, 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 I dabbled briefly in Call of Duty and I felt the pull. I felt yep. it draw me back in, Joe. And I knew there was a problem, so I had to stop. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, what have you been playing, man? Uh, I've been doing lots of gaming with the kids. Um, we just had um, holidays. The kids are on school holidays. So um, we played, my son and I um, been playing quite a bit of Rocket League. I know last week we weren't too positive on it, but um, we've had some quite a bit of fun there. And he's getting really good, um, which is great because I think I will never get better at this game. So I need him to pick up his skills so we can be even more competitive. Um, but with with my son and my two girls, so... You know, I'm talking a four-year-old, six-year-old, and a nine-year-old. We played through the whole Battletoads game on Xbox. Now, we spoke previously about um, Battletoads, and I was, you know, having a bit of a laugh with Jono saying how much better it is than, um, oh, what's the new, what's that remake, Jace, that I'm thinking of? Streets of Rage. Streets of Rage, thank you. Better, Streets of Rage 4, is that the latest one? 
little uh, bit yes, before. Yeah. Yep. So I was having a laugh about how this is better, but I actually had so much fun with this game, but mainly because I played it with the kids. This game is, you know, Battletoads from the past, whenever I thought of it, you know, you're thinking about this uber difficult game that just doesn't hold your hand at all. It just absolutely kicks your butt. This new Battletoads, we played it on the easiest difficulty. It has um, like an invincibility option after you die so many times. So my girls who, you know, particularly my youngest, who is not any idea what's going on with games really, is able to play pretty much everything in this game. There's only one element in the game where you go back and forth on the screen by having to press a really difficult button combination, um, like difficult for very little hands, but everything else, like it's basically you're either going left to right or you're flying a spaceship or you're shooting on a spaceship or you're falling down or you are doing scissor, paper, rock, or there, well, some of these, these, like this game. So the first, um, I think it's five, four or five stages. It is just the traditional side-scrolling beat-em-up. Then you have the traditional Battletoads. You are on your three little carts driving along. Oh, not your, sorry, we were three carts, but you're on your little bike thing um, with three lanes and you're driving straight down the screen and you've got to dodge things and duck under things and jump over things. Um, I think you duck under things. I think actually you don't. I think you just jump over things and dodge things. Anyway, that is like the, so there's four acts in the whole game. That's basically the first act. Once you get past that part, which I kind of, you know, like I said, I enjoyed it playing with the kids. But if I was playing on my own, I would have been like, yep, no chance I'm playing this game anymore. But from act two to act four, particularly act two and three, you are playing so many different various, like so many various mini games. It was really surprising. So like every, like about five stages in a row, we're doing a different thing. So, and there was a whole maybe probably six stages in a row at one stage where we weren't doing any side-scroll beat-em-up at all. There was more, it was um, like a 2D plane. We were just kind of going across or going on a 2D plane, going down a screen, but you could see both the left and the right the whole time. So it was like a tower that you were descending. And, you know, like I said, there was scissor, paper, rock mini games, which the kids had a lot of fun with too, just silly things like that. But there's some where you're like taking photos of things, you're having to get your character in certain poses. That was challenging for the girls. So my son and I took over there. But the variety in this game, I don't know, maybe it was really like they were like, well, this is actually cheaper and easier than making a side, like a proper side-scrolling beat-em-up. But we really enjoyed it. And once we got... Do you know what's crazy to me? I'm sorry. Sorry to cut you off. What's crazy to me is that like this game is was once one of the most inaccessible titles known to man. It was so (laughs) difficult to play, you know, the original on the the Mega Drive. There was a level where you had to get like a pixel-perfect jump just to be able to like clear it. And now it's suddenly become this family, family-friendly game. And um, go ahead. With with the with those like bike stages as well, the very last bike stage, I was so close to getting to the end, like about three times, but I kept on dying right at the end. And then when my kids came in on the third go, they could put on the invincibility. I'd had enough by that stage. Like I didn't. I'm not like the sort of player in many games anymore at all where I'm like I've got to master this game and like put all the time in and just get my just get whooped by it over and over again I just want to get through it and having that invincibility feature on like I needed it 
to finish it. Like, I'm sure if I tried again and again, I would have been able to do it, but I really appreciated it. And it just, I, I, I highly recommend this game for anybody out there who's wanting to play something with kids. And even more than that, I recommend you get through the first maybe three or four stages on your own, then play the rest with the kids because that, with the variety, like in the little cartoons, like some of it's a little bit crude, but anything too crude went over the kids' heads. I don't have any, I didn't have any problem with it. If I was doing one of those articles about can I play in front of the kids, it would be absolutely. an absolute thumbs up. Um, and, you know, it was, yeah, it was a really fun game and very colorful and, you know, yeah, I, 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 I found surprisingly yeah, recommend it. That, that's awesome, man. I found that accessibility in games is becoming uh, more and more prevalent and, and especially having your own custom difficulties. Um, uh, what was it? I think it was only recently that State of Decay game, very different from Battletoads, yeah. um, introduced um, custom sliders. You know, if you, if you want to have, and I think, I think maybe even um, No Man's Sky might have done it as well, whether or not they have or they haven't besides the point. But basically, you know, you can say, I want my enemies to be really hard, but I also want to have a lot of life or I just want to have more story and, you know, and, and, and not, you know, not experience the, the difficulties that come with the game. And some people would argue that that's cheating or, you know, it's, it's close enough to cheating. But, I mean, if you really want to have the, the, the sort of recommended experience, the recommended experience is always there in the difficulty. And most of the time, people want to play games for achievements or an equivalent of achievements, and they're locked. You have to play the game the way the developers intend to unlock them. So I don't know. I, I think it's a good thing, and I think it's good that the Battletoads has it. Um, it was really surprising. And like you're, you're talking about like difficulty in games, just really quickly, my son and I, with the girls watching, also played through Untitled Geese game, which is the Untitled Goose game um, co-op. Sorry, can version. I ask you a question there? Does it yes. come up saying Untitled Geese game? Is it a mode? Yeah, it does. <laughs> no, it, it, like, so when you click on two players, the, the title changes to Untitled Geese game, which is awesome, and it gave us a chuckle. Cool. And like... I, I know this game, I think it was at the Dice Awards, got like Game of the Year and it's been like, you know, it, it's it's a very Australian loved company, game. Yeah. Australian company. I think it's a really fun game to play and dabble in. Um, I didn't really like the game a whole lot, i got to be honest. Um, like I said, I when I say I played it with my son, I didn't actually play it all the way through. He's played it with friends who have come over here and there. Um, so it's been a kind of the sort of game that I'm like, oh, you've got a friend over, they want to play a game. Why don't you try this game, which not many kids his age have um, really played before. And they, they have a little bit of fun with it for a while. But then the challenges in this game, some of them are so complicated. Like we had to do one right at the end of the game, which was about knocking a pot on somebody's head. And the way to knock the pot on their head was to get them to go and look at um, uh, not strawberries, uh, tomatoes and to get them to get to the tomatoes you had to like pull things over there and then get their attention and run over and if I didn't look online to how to, how to do this thing I don't think I ever would have figured it out and there were so many things like that and it doesn't you know, it, the, part of the fun of the game is like right at the beginning of it, like that, that, that very opening of this game is hilarious. And I loved it where it's like, you know, press B to honk. And I think it's press right trigger to flap your wings. And um, it's like that, that sort of element of it, like the, the kind of sandboxiness of the game where you go up behind someone and honk at them. And my kids just all burst out laughing or we, we pull someone's chair from behind them and they fall on their bottom. Like that sort of thing, the kids absolutely loved and, and made me adore the game in those moments. But 
as a game to play all the way through from start to finish, um, having to do some of these challenges and just wrestle with the kind of control. I know what that's what the game is. I just, I think it's quite, it, it's, a, it's a fun game, but the level that this game is kind of sitting on, I, I, I don't get it truth, truthfully. I'll tell you what, this game was announced quite some time ago as Untitled Goose Game, I think with the intention of, of giving it a title, right? And this was a roughly around the time when the Switch had first just come out and people were getting excited. And when people were always talking about, you know, especially on Reddit, what game are you anticipating? Like, oh, it's the Untitled Goose Game. I think it became a bit of a meme, a bit of a joke. But they also liked the look of it. They looked like the look of the features and, you know, the honk button and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And all that stuff is awesome. But I think maybe it just became, it became one of those indie darlings that everybody loves. They don't really want to look at the negatives of it exactly. But then again, I guess for the price and especially with it being on services like Game Pass and everything, you know, it's, it's just, it's unique. It's different. There aren't a lot of games out there like it. I actually don't enjoy it all that much either, but I think it's got a lot of charm and I would never recommend it for somebody to play. Um, I don't think I ever would, but I, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on it. I, I tell you what, I, I do recommend if you've got someone over just for a short time, you just want to show them a game for a little bit, playing that game in co-op, particularly that first stage, which is a little bit more intuitive. Like you can figure out everything you need to do there in a pretty reasonable amount of time. That I'd recommend. But the later game particularly, I just found it, you know, a little bit, like if I didn't, like I said, if it wasn't for walkthroughs, there's no way I would have figured out some of these things, but maybe I'm just not a very clever person. <laughs> funnily, funnily enough, man, um, I had my mum over a, a little while ago and she was saying, you know, what are you doing? Because she knew, I, you know, obviously I grew up playing games and she would come in and watch, but she never really knew what was going on. And she said, oh, are you still playing games? And I'm like, yeah, I'm still playing games. And she's like, oh, what's like, what are you playing? And for whatever reason, that was the game I chose to show her. I thought, okay, like, what would what would be sort of accessible? What would be something fun? And, yeah. and so I, I, one of the things I liked to do when I was a kid was that every time there was a graphical advancement in a video oh, game, yeah. I would I like to show say. my mum and try yeah. and like go, hey, is this real or are these actors or you know what I mean? Yeah. And but I I opted I I decided not to show her Call of Duty and I showed her um I showed her <laughs> Untitled Goose Game as well and she thought it was cute you know so yeah. I, it's it's definitely one of those games. Yeah. Um, what are, have you, are you back into Final Fantasy? Is that, is that what I am back into Final Fantasy in a big way. So uh, as I've said way, way back, I just, I moved the Xbox into the other, into the like other, another room in the house and I've got the PlayStation on the main TV. And now that I've, I've done, although I'm very excited, Ghost of Tsushima in a, like a day or two, or is it even out now? They've it got their, out, yeah. oh my gosh, see you later, Jason. We're going to stop this podcast. Um, no, but they're doing their online um, update sort of thing where you can play with other people and do raids and things. I can't wait. I'm so excited about it. But um, yeah, I got back into Final Fantasy VII. And when I last played it, I was, so in this game, what happens is you've got, it's, it's extremely linear. Which, which I really enjoy because what I enjoy most about this game is the story because it is, it's a massive expansion of the original Final Fantasy VII story. But then you get to these kind of mini hub worlds where you've got quests to do. And I've been to, so the last time I, when I put it down last time, I was at, I think, the third of these mini kind of world things where I was doing like, um, some gym challenges. I was doing like having to collect something for somebody else. And it was kind of like back and forth, kind of going to this area, fighting things. 
and it really slowed the pace of the game down and I didn't enjoy it. So I put it back on. I, I didn't realize I was, I, I was right on the last of those little challenge things. Then I went to the, another linear section of the game for a couple of hours and I was loving it. Lots of cutscenes, lots of, you know, going down corridors. Unfortunately, there is lots of repeated environments in the game. But then I got to another one of these hub world things. And straight away, I was just like, I'm not doing anything. And I went from the beginning of that to the exit. I get told at the exit, are you sure you want to leave? And I'm like, is there an absolutely yes button? I did. And I'm loving it. I'm just, I feel like I'm playing this game the right way now. And I'm sure there's so many people out there listening who play this are going, you're mad. You're missing out on all this incredible content. But for me just the pacing of this game as a linear story, because I, again, I'm playing it on, if not the easiest, the second easiest difficulty. It's, it's not a challenge. I very rarely even get to get my um, summons out because I'm usually taking the bosses out before I even get to that element. But I don't mind. I just want to experience the story. I love these characters, Jace. Like they are so cool. And what's gone on with the side characters. I'm not going to say anything because one day you will play this game and you will appreciate it. Um, but the, the main cast, you know, um, uh, it's, it's brilliant. And the, yeah, I think it's, it's what they've done in terms of a remake of such a classic game is amazing. I don't know how they're going to do the full thing, but if this is the only Final Fantasy VII thing we ever get, we're told we're not getting it. And I've read something recently, we might get the next part sooner than we realize, but um, I'm, I'm just happy that this exists. And I feel like finally, I'm playing it the right way. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII has such a, a bizarre history. Like it was easily, if somebody's asked me what my favorite game is, purely for nostalgia purposes and how much of my life it took up, and we've said this before in the podcast, but it is Final Fantasy VII. It just hit at the right point in my life uh, where I had um, all of the time and all of the care and I lived and breathed this game. I had the strategy guides. I went out and I bought Advent Children the moment I could. I bought it once from Japan and then I bought the English version and then the re-release version. I had uh, Dirge of Cerberus, which was a PS2 Vincent Valentine spinoff. I had Crisis Core. I had all of it, right? And I lived and breathed this game. And time has passed. And, you know, now finally this remake has come out. I don't have a PlayStation. And if I did, I'd definitely be playing it. But, you know, I'm not going to buy a PlayStation for the third time. Um, Tempting, especially for Ghost of Tsushima. But, but yeah, like I'm... I, I kind of have an idea of the direction that the game is going in. I am really looking forward to hearing what your opinions are of the ending. I actually didn't think I would have the opportunity to play it, so I read about it. Okay. Um, and and so there's there's no spoilers for me um, if and yep. when it comes to. But I'm so curious because the only other the, the other biggest fan that I've ever met is you. Um, and and I don't know. I just. It's it's not the same Final Fantasy we grew up with. Not not Absolutely just because of the gameplay and because of the graphics. The story is different. The story is so different. And like I said, there are side characters who I have no recollection of them being in the main game. Even I I've played this game. I played the opening of this game so many times. I've told that story before in my friend Tim's house where I would just go over, play it for a little while and then come back and then we'd play it again. Um, I've played through the game once just proper. And then I played through it. I played through Final Fantasy uh, 7 and 8 this way with a printed, I printed from the internet, like an online guide that somebody did. And I went through everything. I got every side character, every summon, every, I explored everything in this game. And, 
it's funny, like I, as much as I love Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII, in my mind, is my favorite Final Fantasy game because of the time in my life that I played that as like, you know, yeah. a young boy kind of, you know, terrible, hopeless romantic sort of thing. Like that kind of romance story there just meant a lot, you know, really spoke to me. Sure, um, yeah. And, but no, this, this is, this is a very different game, but having played the old one, there's parts of it I appreciate. And like, I'm at a part now where I'm kind of, you know, with the original story where you kind of, with the plates and all that thing, I'm progressing through the levels there. And I remember that part of the game, but again, there's so much more after this. And I'm, I think I'm, Oh, what am I? 20 or 30 hours in somewhere between 20 and 30 hours into the game. Um, so it's not like I've, you know, at the beginning, I don't think I've got. I, I think I'm about yeah, two thirds through or two thirds. And, you, or so and you've you've also skipped like whole hub worlds. As just well, one, on just one. The other well, whatever, three, man. Like, there must really, have been a lot of content in there, right? Yeah, it's probably another hour and a half or so of just kind of going back and forth. It was something to do with finding chocobos, and I'm like, look, I'm you can find your own chocobos. I don't, I don't, I don't care about them. <laughs> Fair enough. Is uh, is there anything else that you've been playing? Um. Just really quickly, yeah, it's more gaming with the kids. We playing, we've been going through Minecraft Dungeons. Um, again, that's a hard game. Talking about difficulty spikes, like it, it requires you to play some stages over again so your characters level up. I think we got one more stage to go, um, and then we're and then we finished it. But it's I'm, the sort of game I'm we really have fun looking forward to. to to playing that with you guys. We yeah. we actually ran into a, an interesting um, issue, which was that yes. um, I tried to to jump on and play with you, Joe, but also with your son. And it didn't work. You can't do split screen on one and then connect with another player or another another group of players playing split screen, like like you couldn't say something like Rocket League. Um, it's a little bit disappointing, a bit of an oversight, but maybe there's like I some agree. sort of technology hurdle there that just prevents it from happening. Yeah. Oh, and it one would... other thing really quickly. My Perfect. son and I, with our Steam link, um, Killer Queen Black was on sale for like nothing. things. And that's it. It only made me think of it now because we played two of us on the same, like through the PC, but streaming on the TV online against other people. And we were having a ball. This game is next level in terms of like online co-op, um, not, not co-op, like competitive play. I think you, me, Jono, if we could get eight friends, play this game four and four, we would have the best time. It, it's it's a really cool game. Is, Killer Queen is, Black, is I on, think it's on sale on PC? Or? It's, it was on sale on, on Steam. That's where I picked it up. But I know it's also, if it is or it was, on sale on Steam. Uh, on, on Sorry, on um, Switch. It, it, was, it's, uh, it was like three bucks too. Like I was like, of course I'm going to buy this game I've heard about. I, I forgot it was even on PC, truthfully. Um, and yeah, because it was in... Um, I saw it on an Oz Bargain or something. And yes, mate, it is great. And a must buy. Well, I'll tell you price. something, man. I've, uh, I've seen the light and I've decided to get off my high horse, download Epic um, and <laughs> get their free games because yes. I've just realized how many titles I've missed. It's one extra client on my computer. It, maybe they'll get me in. Maybe I'll spend my, I'll use my $15 voucher or something like that that they get, gave me for downloading Rocket League for free. Yeah. Um, but they're, I don't know, man. Epic are pushing hard to get more people in, yeah. and uh, they're doing a they're doing a pretty good job. So I'm glad they, I'm they glad you across, they got me across the line. Yep. Well, you did anyway. <laughs> um, cool. All right. Well, we might wrap it up for this week. Um, so thank you everybody for listening. We really really appreciate it. Just as a reminder, we do have a Patreon out there. Um, it won't cost you much. It's one dollar, and it's really just to help us keep the lights on and, and and keep us doing this podcast and 
and hopefully getting more content onto the website as well. We're we're a pretty small operation. Uh, we've got we've got a lot of friends and a lot of support, but um, but John O Joe and I, uh, you know, we built this from the the ground up. I think it was 2016. Uh, wow. We we sort of first started this. Um, this I think will be a 67th episode. Might be 68. I, I've lost track, but you know we've got we've got a lot of content out there. We want what? to do more things. Plus all those little bonus episodes. We we might be we might be close to a hundred here, Jace. It's a you know, it's it's a big milestone. Look at us go. We could be, but you know, we need we need that extra support and it just comes in really small ways. You don't have to pay us a dollar, although it'd be really amazing. It it can just be something as simple as giving us a review on on Apple Podcasts. We're on a lot of podcasting pl- uh, platforms. You've got Apple Podcasts, you've got Stitcher, you've got Spotify. Um, word on the street is Amazon's coming up with something soon that I'm probably not meant to mention, but you know, they are, um, and then you Google podcast, but look at a bare minimum, if you're listening to us on, on Apple podcasts, at least send a review, go onto our website, leave us a comment, anything just to let us know that you're out there and you're listening. I know you're listening because I get the stats. Um, but, uh, but getting, getting a writer in or, uh, as we like to call you or, or, or an additional listener coming in would be fantastic. Um, but, uh, but I think I've said enough, Joe, you got anything, uh, extra for the, the listeners out there? Uh, next week. We'll hear hear from Jono with if he's got an Xbox pre-order. <laughs> he probably does. He probably got all the Xboxes. He's been Microsoft is sending him one. He deserves yeah, it. Yeah. Send it his way, Microsoft. Send it his way. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone. This is clear.